0: Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're with me today, and I'm actually going to start with a question for you. I'm wondering, how is your Bible reading going this year so far? Um, maybe you need to just self-reflect on that or maybe you want to reach out and let me know what you're reading. You can follow along on Instagram or on Facebook with the podcast. And I don't know if if you know me and you have my phone number, you could always just text me too. but um, I do want to hear from you guys and what you're reading. I know that a few people I've talked to over the past few weeks since I've started the podcast. Um, have told me that they're doing the chronological reading plan this year. I've talked to several people who started back at Genesis, and then I've talked to some people who are starting with the New Testament. So I would love to know what it is that you're reading, if you're doing a book study or um, a chronological reading plan or just some random reading. I think I told you guys in an episode earlier, a few weeks ago maybe, that... um, i'm doing like multiple reading plans my goal for the year was to just read the bible every day um read something every day but in my personal bible study i'm reading back through the bible chronologically and then i have a bible study that meets in my home on tuesday nights and right now we're reading through first corinthians so that's kind of where i am um actually just this morning i finished the book of genesis for my chronological reading plan and um, we're in like 1st Corinthians I think chapter 11 for this upcoming week for my home Bible study that I do. So that's what I've been reading and it's been so much fun. I, the book of Genesis is just one of my favorites so I'm always excited to read it again. Today I'm super excited for this topic. We're going to talk about different Bible translations. and. I'm actually thinking that this is going to be a two-part episode, if not more. There's no way that I could cover everything that I need to cover in just like a 15 to 20 minute episode, and I try to keep these short and sweet for you guys. Um, So we're going to talk about some different Bible translations and kind of how we got them and really... I wanted to talk about this because it's something that interests me. I'm very interested in the different Bible translations, but also because I think this is probably the question that I get most often from people, not just like since I started the podcast, but um, since Joseph and I have been pastoring and um, just in my life, I get this question a lot which Bible version do you recommend? Um, What Bible version should I be reading? And then, of course, A big question, is the King James Version the only version of the Bible that I'm allowed to read? (laughs) That's a question, surprisingly, that I get a lot. And so today, I'm not actually going to make any recommendations, so don't get your hopes up. But um, in true form to this podcast, I just want to give you the information that you need to make a good choice for yourself. That's my goal with every episode here is that I could give you the tools and maybe some tips to help you use those tools that you need to become a Bible reader on your own and to be um, just confident in what um, you're learning and what you're able to do on your own. So I just want to give you some information today about some different Bible translations and I'm hoping that you can walk away from it feeling informed but also ready to make a decision on your own. You know, in one episode, we talked about, I think it was the last episode that I did, talking about different resources that you can use when you're studying the Bible. And I mentioned that anytime you're using a resource outside of the Bible, you should really do your research um, on that person, the person who wrote it so that you know like where you're getting your information from. And I do believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. I believe that the Bible can be trusted, but I also think that if you're going to rely heavily on just one translation, then you should do your research and you should know how it was translated because there are some differences. At the end of the day, most translations relay the same message, right? There's not a difference necessarily in the truths that come across, but the way it's presented can differ from translation to translation. And so I just want you to find a fit that's right for you, and I want you to be informed. So let's go ahead and let's get started. The first thing that I want to point out about Bible translations is that All of the Bibles that we have access to in the English language, they are all translations, right? And so maybe that seems very simplistic, but I feel like that's where we need to start. If you're reading a Bible in English, it is not an original text. We can't, unless you're like an expert in ancient languages, um, then we cannot read and understand the original text. And we don't have access to the original text either. But um, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic mostly. And then the New Testament was written in the common Greek of the day. And so, like I said, every translation that we have in the English is that a translation. The Actually, the first um, English translation was written in the 1300s by... Um, a guy whose last name was Wycliffe. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. James, I think, Wycliffe. Um, and that was in the 1300s, so that was a really long time ago. And anyone who has studied language knows that even the English language has changed. I mean, if you've been alive and speaking English for like 10 years, you know that language changes. There are words that the meaning changes just over the years because of culture and whatnot. So the first English translation was in the 1300s. But then 200 years later we got the probably the well it is it's not probably the most popular English translation of all time which is the King James version. But I'm getting ahead of myself because before we jump into specific versions I want to talk to you a little bit about how the Bible is translated. Um there are four main ways that bible translations are written the first is a word-for-word translation and so when a group of people gets together to do a word-for-word translation what they do is they go and they look at the original like hebrew and greek text and they look at each word and they consider how that word would translate into a word that we use today and what the meaning of that word would have been originally and what a word that would mean the same thing is today in the English. So I hope that made sense. Um, now, is it possible to get an exact word-for-word word translation? No, it's not because of the way that language changes. Um, actually, in one of the books that I was reading about the King James Version, it said that when they wrote... The original 1611 King James translation, that was part, like if you could see the dedication and the introduction in that original Bible, that was one of the things they wrote about is that there were words, like a Greek word, where there was like one word in the Greek, it would take several words in the English to demonstrate the same meaning of that one Greek word. So a word-for-word translation is one type of translation and it's the most popular most of our bibles are word-for-word translations there's also the thought-for-thought translation and that's where they look at um what the verse not what each word means but what that verse or what the phrase the thought is trying to say and it's different from a paraphrase because it's um the, they're keeping the meaning really close, thought per, thought for thought. Paraphrase is another one. And um, that's where they just look at, they would look at the text, what it says, and then they would just reset, restate it in modern language. And so that's, it's really like if I was sit, to sit here and tell you the story of the little red hen or something, and maybe instead of using animals, I used people or something like that you know like I would just completely retell that story I don't know if that was a good example or not and then there's a the fourth way is the balanced translation and that's it's a balance between word for word and thought for thought so they look at the word for word translation but they also consider what the whole thought is trying to say and so there are a few translations that use that balanced approach Um, Let me just give you an example of each one. Um, The King James Version is a word-for-word translation. The Good News Translation is a thought-for-thought translation. And then the New International Version, NIV, is a balanced translation. And the Message, if you've ever read the Message Bible, it is a paraphrased translation. So there's just four examples for you. Okay, so this is where we're just going to start breaking down a few different versions and I'm going to talk about a few and then we may come back in another episode and talk about a few more. This is another great opportunity if you're following along on social media or I think you can message me right wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have questions about a specific version, I would love to talk about those today. Um... We'll see how far we get, but I'm definitely going to talk about the King James Version, the new King James Version, and then maybe like the NIV, ESV, some of those that I just mentioned. We'll see how far we get. This also would be a really good time for me to stop and talk about where I got my information from. I didn't just make this up. I did some research for this episode. Um, One resource that I used, I got a lot of information from here, is the... Rose Book of Bible Charts, there's like three or four volumes of this book, and um, so if you're interested, the Rose Book of Bible Charts Volume 2 gives like a side-by-side comparison of several different Bible translations. I also used a book that I read when I took New Testament um, in college, which I don't have a theological degree or uh, anything like that. I'm an elementary school teacher, but I did take New Testament in college as an elective, and it was my favorite class. I loved it so much. I became the tutor for the group like tutoring class. I was the leader of that, and so I actually took the New Testament class four times because <laughs> I had to sit through it each time that I tutored for it, but I read a book um, while I was taking that class, and I When I started preparing for this episode, I actually ordered that book and read it again. But it's just called The Bible in Translation, Ancient and English Versions. It's by Bruce M. Metzger. And so that's where I got most of my information and um, also just from a few Google searches, (laughs) reputable Google searches. Most of my information came from these two books, though. So let's look at the first Um, translation I want to talk about is the King James Version. And I want to talk about it because it's the version that I think, well, like I said earlier, it's the most popular version. A lot of people read it. And there are a lot of people who um, subscribe to the line of thought that it is the only version that should be read. And so I just want to give you some information about it. And I'm just gonna start with the basics. The King James Version is a word for word translation. So we talked about what that means already. And um, it is actually written on like a 12th grade reading level. So that makes sense why um, it might be a little more difficult for kiddos to read um, or just people who, you know, have a hard time with reading, which is a lot, a lot of people. So, um, the King James version is a word for word translation on like a 12th grade reading level. And the first time that it was translated, the first edition, if you will, of, um, the King James version was in 1611 and just a little history of what was going on when this translation was written. At that time, the English translations that of the Bible that were available were actually a source of division among Christians. And so they wanted to um, come up with an English translation that was accessible for the regular person. Um, they wanted to know that they weren't being deceived by um, religious parties, if you will. And so King James appointed um six different panels of translators to translate what would later become the king james version and um, i think there were about 50 translators who participated in the translation and this translation was based on um the bishop's bible which was a translation from 1568 and the tyndale's bible which was a translation from 1535 um, the Old Testament, It was they looked at Masoretic text. I don't know if I said that word right. And they looked at the Textus Receptus for the New Testament, which we can talk later about what those were. But I, the point here really is that um, the King James Version, and they even said this in if you could look at the original like introduction to that 1611 edition, that it was not a new translation, that it was actually a revision of other English translations. So, and between 1611 and 1991, because that's the reference that I have from this book, so we know that it would be even more than this now, but from the King James Bible of 1611 until 1991, there have been a total of 291 translations. And so, even the King James Version that you may have in your home could have areas, could have parts where it differs a little bit from the King James Version that your grandmother has in her home just based on the print date because there have been It's not corrections, really, but just language has changed. The English language has changed, right? And so it's a word-for-word translation, so they're continually making it better. And if you think about it, so in the 1940s, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, and those were ancient texts. Um, The Book of Isaiah was one of them, and so that was way after 1611, um, which the Dead Sea Scrolls didn't necessarily provide any more accuracy. They were just proof that the texts that we have today are are accurate because um, those Dead Sea Scrolls, when they found them, matched up to other ancient texts. So that's really cool as well. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about with the King James Version before we move on, and it's that when they were writing it, they had like this self-imposed law um, among the translators that they would allow themselves to use as many English words as necessary to um, get the meaning across of even just one Greek word. And what it was is that there could be a Greek word, and the meaning of that one Greek word is so um, like extensive that you there's just not one English word to compare it to. And so they would use many different English words um, in a, as a translation for the one Greek word. And so um, one example is, I, I don't know Greek, so I'm going to spell this word for you. The Greek word K-A-T-A-R-G-E-O. See, I'm not an expert here. <laughs> um, but that Greek word occurs 27 times in the New Testament, but it's rendered in as 18 different English words words. So, in one spot where that Greek word was used, the English word is abolish. In another place where that Greek word is used, the English word is cease. Um, Some other of the English words deliver, destroy, do away with. Um, And so, that would be the case in in some instances, but in other instances, there would be several different Greek words, and they would just use one English word as a translation for each of those. So, One example is the English word trouble, and there were a dozen different Greek words that instead of like getting a different word for each of those Greek words, they just used the English word trouble. And none of this is to say that the King James Version is good or bad. This is just the information that we have about how it was translated, and um, it's very true that language, there is just very nuanced and it changes, and so that there's constantly a need for um, translations that because we want the original message that God intended for us to hear. We want it to come across in a way that people understand it in the language that they speak. The more languages it can be translated into, even as languages change, the better because we want people to have access to the Word of God. So, um, that being said, the most uh, modern translation of the King James Version is the New King James Version, and it's very similar. Um, The New King James Version is actually written on like a ninth grade reading level. So, if you find that the King James Version is difficult for you to understand, but you want to stay true to that translation, um, you might want to look at the New King James Version, Um, because it was translated from those original Greek and Hebrew texts, but it used the King James Version as a basis. And the whole point of the New King James translation was to produce a modern language translation that would maintain the structure and the beauty of the King James Version. Here's an example of just the difference between um, the way a verse reads in the King James Version and the New King James. In the King James Version of Matthew 4.19, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In the New King James Version, it says in Matthew 4.19, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So, Not a huge difference there. It definitely maintains the structure of the King James Version, but just a little bit more modern. So, really, we just talked about two translations. um, And I think this is kind of where I want to wrap up today. So, we will definitely have to come back to this topic. But I want to end with this, though, that it is important to pick a Bible translation that you understand not just understand as far as like, not just understand as far as you know what it's saying, but that you understand how it was translated and why maybe it differs from other translations. But it's also important because um, the Lord, he talks about this in several places in his word that um, we don't want to ever add to or take away from the message of God's word. And this is mentioned several times in the Bible, um, from beginning to end, really, in Deuteronomy 4.2. And this is from the English Standard Version. It says, You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. In Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6, it says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to his words lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. And then you have Revelation 22:18 through 19 that says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. I firmly believe that the word of God is true. And I believe that it has been preserved in a way that uh, we still get to hear the message of God as He intended. And I want everyone to have access to it. And that goes back to the very first episode that I recorded, um, my tips for studying the Bible. I want you to find a Bible translation that works for you, that you can understand. Because when we read the Word of God, we get to know who God is. And that's my goal for each and every one of you is that you could come to know God more and um, that you could have a personal relationship with Him. So I hope that what you learned today takes you a long way. And hey, we'll come back to it and we'll talk about some more Bible translations next time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. To wrap this thing up, I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am a Bible reader. I can understand God's word. And I will be changed by what I learn. Hey guys, you're going to change so much more than just your own life. By understanding God's word, you're going to change your family, your community, and this world. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you again soon.